Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, the COVID-19 crisis has sparked rapid and large-scale changes, not just when it comes to technology, but in human behavior as well, right? And one feeds into the other. Organizations have adapted to meet people's needs in new ways. The challenge now is to build on that momentum and to keep adapting and innovating. And I must say that whenever I meet my clients, I do notice that a lot of them have slowed down the pace of adapting and innovating but good thing they have consultants there to tell them hey you got to continue this momentum so clearly people need reminders and they also need help to know how to do it so how do you innovate rapidly and in the right ways when behaviors and expectations are changing so quickly well human-centered design is a powerful way to understand all of these behaviors preferences and pain points and focus efforts in the right places in the right ways to find out more edwin tan joins us he is project lead in the skills future innovation unit at the cet academy at Nian polytechnic he's also a certified HCD instructor at the Luma Institute at Nian Polytechnic. Yap Iwi also joins us, Senior VP and Head of Learning and Development and Organization Development at OCBC Bank, one of the participants of the program. Hi guys, and thanks for joining us on Primetime. Hi. Hi there. Good evening, Bharti. Hi there, Iwi. Good evening. Hi. <laughs> okay. Hi, well, I'm glad we've all said hi. That's the best way to start since we are talking about being human-centered, right? So Edwin, let's start with you though. I've been hearing about things such as design thinking for a very, very long time now. It's nothing new. What exactly are we talking about when we refer to human-centered design? Wow. First of all, Bharati, that was an excellent, awesome introduction. And that's a great question to kick us off. Mm. Thanks, thanks for having me on the prime time. Um, I'd like to think of human-centered design as the discipline of developing solutions in the service of people. Now, I love this definition because if we accept it, then it is a really inclusive word and means that any one of us can be a designer. After all, many of us have devised courses of action to improve a product, a process, or a service. Now, some people wonder, how different is human-centered design from design thinking. Mm. Now, in my opinion, it is not wrong to equate design thinking with human-centered design as many practitioners, HR and industry leaders have done. But there are differences, right? Um, Well, the the differences are so minute that it's no longer quite meaningful to to discuss them. Mm. Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. but then over the years, I am sure that even design thinking has evolved because human behavior has evolved so much. I'm sure in implementation, in application, things have changed. Yeah, certainly so. Uh, And I think one problem we have with design thinking is that sometimes it becomes very conceptual Mm. and it becomes a bit difficult to apply it to our daily lives, to our lives at work. And that's where human-centered design comes in because it comes in with a very powerful tool set of methods that help us to really apply it uh, in our own work and personal lives. Okay, so tell me more about this tool set and give me an example of how you would apply this tool set to a real-life problem, to a real-world situation in order to make things better. 
Sure. Well, this, this human-centered design um, two-set of approach taken by the Human Centered Design Institute uh, uses the LUMA system of innovation, which was created by our training partner. Uh, it's a global training firm called LUMA Institute. Uh, Harvard Business Review lauded them as having pioneered a taxonomy of innovation. So if you want to get everyone in your organization speaking a common language of innovation, LUMA is the system to use. Now, this LUMA system is very tightly organized, just like the periodic table, and it is made up of 36 methods, very thoughtfully and rigorously curated from over a thousand design thinking methods. Now, these 36 methods are organized under the three key skills, looking broadly, L, understanding deeply, U, and making resourcefully, M. Notice that these skills form the acronym L-U-M. Right. And then with, with A standing for adapting accordingly, they form the word LUMA. Now, so LUMA system is a framework. It's not a process. So this means that the methods need not be used in a linear process-driven way. Rather, they can be used singly, uh, on their own to solve specific challenges. For example, we can use this method called creative matrix to brainstorm creative solutions in a short amount of time. Or methods can be combined to solve more complex challenges. Uh, for example, IWI is here and IWI's team from OCBC designed the LUMA practitioner course uh, as a cornerstone for their customer centricity training pathway. Mm. So during the two-day boot camp in which OCBC staff applied their new skill set, I witnessed for myself how OCBC teams were using six to 12 human-centered design methods that were combined in novel ways to solve a complex workplace challenge. Mm. So that was really exciting for me. All right, so let's hear from IWE now. I think this is the perfect time, IWE, for you to step in and tell us exactly what you did. Because if I just look at human-centered design and its principles, people say, yeah, it's got to be people-centered, you've got to solve the right problem, and then make sure that everything is a system and there are small and simple interventions. But give me an idea of how you apply this LUMA framework to a real-world problem. Okay. Actually, there are so many problems that we face, right? Because I don't know if you are familiar with OCBC, but customer centricity is one of our core competencies. And I think everyone's familiar with OCBC, I mean. <laughs> of course. <laughs> You're one of the big and, banks, yeah. <laughs> yes, and, you know, uh, it's really deeply embedded in the way we do business, right? But uh, typically when, you know, people think about customer centricity or human-centered design, they always think about it in a customer-facing role, right? But if you really think about it, the upstream product development, right, that goes into the services and solutions that we provide for our customers is extremely important in the ultimate customer experience. And this is one of the things that we wanted to achieve with our customer centricity pathway. So one of the things that we did was to work with Nian Poly to develop not just one, but two tracks, right? Uh, and these two tracks were actually, neither of them were customer-facing tracks. So one of them was the service excellence and process innovation track. And the second was the product and experience design track. So these two um, learning tracks actually immerse our employees in a learning experience that allows them to, in their grappling with the everyday challenges, imbue their lenses with a very customer-centric and human-centered design lens. So some of the examples that we have come up with mm. could be very simple ones, could be, let's say, uh, some of the apps that we've developed, right? 
were, you know, journey mapped using the Luma process and methodology. And actually, if you are a customer of OCBC, you would actually be the recipient of a lot of our customer centricity and journey mapping experiences. Okay, so how do you find out if it's really working? I'm sure you survey your customers too, right? Yeah, we absolutely survey our customers. So we use the MPS, uh, Net Promoter Score Framework, Mm. uh, which is a very well-established framework that is used in in many global companies. So uh, we survey all our customers. But more than that, we also survey customers of other organizations because the truth is that our customers don't just shop with OCBC Bank, right? They yeah. make comparisons with the likes of Google's and Amazon's. So we do a lot of mystery shopping and a lot of competitive net promoter score surveys with the likes of with customers who are customers of these other organizations. Right. And sometimes the Luma system could get things wrong too, right? So it's got to be an iterative process still. You yes, sometimes absolutely. might have to go back to the drawing board and try it again. That's the beauty of the Luma process and the, you know, iterative, agile process. Um, And you would have heard of things like, you know, fail fast, fail forward, you know, and iterate as you go along. Because the truth is that technology is advancing all the time, right? And so the traditional waterfall methodology is far too long, takes far too long, and um, it's not as customer-centric as uh, customers require nowadays. Okay, so give me one example that would illustrate how this system is better than others when it comes to coming up with solutions. Well, Brati, I don't know whether um, I can jump in here. Of course, please go I, ahead, I just, Edwin. I just want to uh, put into the spotlight something that the non-profit sector has done. Mm. You, you would have heard of NVPC, mm. uh, National Volunteer, Volunteer and, and Philanthropy Centre. Exactly. Now, so they, they take charge of over 3,000 uh, non-profit organisations and they've used the Luma system, uh, the Luma Human-Centred Design System in partnership with BNP Paribas. So what they did was they... They work with certain charities uh, to look at volunteer recruitment, volunteer retention, uh, and even like how to raise uh, the, the funds that they need for operations. Uh, and, and so uh, they've, they've used human-centered design in amazing ways. Uh, and so it's not just for profit-driven organizations, but also for the non-profits and even the public sector as well. Mm. Edwin, the thing is, how is this system better than any others when it comes to coming up with solutions? I think the key lies in the magic of the 36 methods. Mm. Now, as I mentioned previously, uh, sometimes it's very hard to operationalize design thinking. It's very hard to put into this iterate fast or fail fast uh, feel quickly and learn from it. It's very hard to put it into action when you don't have the methods. Mm. So, so what Luma has is a, is a digital platform mm. uh, filled with all kinds of uh, tools, resources and templates to get you using the methods with your team. Okay, so give me one example of one method and talk to me about it. Well, I mentioned uh, brain, creative brainstorming. So right. what we did was uh, in, in the short span of 10 minutes, using this method uh, called creative matrix, uh, you get a, a way uh, to actually spark new ideas at the intersection of distinct categories. So you have different people groups that you ideate for, 
and then you you set the enablers that will help you to spark new ideas. Mm. And, and it, the results are amazing. If you work this with a group of 20 people, you could get over 500 ideas mm. uh, in, in just 10 minutes. I'm yeah. glad you brought this example up, Edwin, because ultimately the system is the system and it might be very good, but you also need skilled facilitators, don't you, to make it work? Well, you're right. Uh, but the thing is that skilled facilitators are very important. But the thing you we want to emphasize to, to everyone listening in is that this is for everyone. In fact, the Luma system is designed for non-designers. So as long as you, are, you want to devise a course of action to, to change a current situation into a preferred one, human-centered design is for you. You know, so you don't need to be an agile practitioner. You don't need to be a scrum master. Mm, mm. You don't need to lead a UI UX lab or an innovation <laughs> lab. Mm. Really, it's for everyone right. and, and anyone who wants to do it. Yep. Edwin, finally, tell me more about how people can learn more. Are there programs that they can take to become adept at this as well? Well, uh, thanks for that question. Our training programs are offered at uh, three levels of competence. So any organization that wants to scale innovation would consider training a combination of staff that are skilled at these three levels that we offer, the foundation, the practitioner, and the facilitator. And all of these three programs are ranged in duration from one day to two days in length, and then they are topped up with coaching sessions. So what can you do at each level? At the foundation level, you will be able to contribute to innovation efforts that are led by your organization, and you can apply these commonly used human-centered design methods to your daily work. Now, our flagship program is the LUMA Certified Practitioner course. This is what OCBC staff have gone through. And here, uh, you will be able to lead innovation initiatives within your work team. And you will be able to leverage the LUMA system of innovation to select or create new method combinations to solve complex problems faced by your team. Now, how about the facilitator course? What's the difference? The facilitator course gives you the confidence and skill to plan and facilitate other work teams, not just your own work teams, but other work teams, not just in-person sessions, but digitally as well. All so right. It uh, all sounds you. very comprehensive. So many thanks for that, Edwin. Really appreciate it. And as Edwin said, it can be applied to essentially any business in any situation. Edwin Tan, Project Lead, Skills Future Innovation Unit at the CET Academy at Nian Polytechnic. Also a certified human-centered design instructor at the Luma Institute at Nian Poly. Many thanks also to Yap Aiwi, CD VP and Head of Learning and Development and Organization Development at OCBC Bank. Thanks, guys, for joining us. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.